Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. Hobby hustle, stand up. I got my man, L-E-F-K-O-E, man. It's not 36 Chambers, but he's got 36 takes or something like that. I got my man, Adam Lefko talking about the damn hobby. That's what we're doing. This is one that you're not going to want to miss. We cover a whole lot of ground. We talk about Adam's evolution in the hobby. We talk about building relationships, consuming content. Kyler damn Murray. How about Kyler Murray? I haven't had a chance to talk about it. Beating Russ. God, he's fun to watch. What we're seeing right now is why I went so hard on Kyler Murray earlier this season and buying up his cards. Man, bye week, Cardinals looking good. What a great situation for him to be in right now. But man, we run the whole gamut. I was so fortunate to get time with Lefko. So much to talk about. Literally, we talked before we hit record and after we hit record. So much ground covered. I hope you enjoy this. I think this is some really good perspective from a guy who is learning just like all of us and a guy who's really, really honest and a guy who is just very insightful and very thoughtful about his approach. I think you're going to get something from this conversation. I know I, I got a ton. Just a fun guy, one of the good guys in the hobby, and we're all so thankful that He's in it, mixing it up with all of us and making it happen on a day-to-day basis. Definitely, if you like what you hear on Stacking Slabs, hit that damn subscribe button. Also, go check out Starstock. You already know. Use that promo code SLABS if you're signing up. It's a great way to support the show. I love what they're doing over there. It's making my life easier selling raw cards. You can even sell slab cards if that's your thing. Super awesome customer service. Love it so much. Go check out Starstock. And also, new partner, Card Ladder. Such a great group over there, and you know how much I love Card Ladder. You can use tinyurl.com backslash stacking slabs. Go check out their platform. It's a great way to show your appreciation for stacking slabs as well. Got to get my plugs in. You know that. It's the marketer in me. Anyway, I'll shut up for now and let's kick into the conversation with Adam. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hobby Hustle Stacking Slabs. Got someone on here today that you might know. NBA on TNT, Bleacher Report, host of the Left Coast Show, and a show that not a lot of people are talking about. Maybe they are to you. I don't know, but I love it. Underrated, the Madden Show. Have you been Mm. checking that one out? That's been good. Marcus Peters, man. I like that episode. I got to start with this, though. How you doing? How you feeling? How you living? Adam Lefko, welcome to the pod. Damn, that felt good. Well, I feel like this is our second pod because we just did like 25 minutes of Terry McLaurin takes, which were all fire. Uh, I'm excited, man. I, As someone that has tried to throw themselves into the hobby and follow a lot of accounts, uh, you have moved up into my algorithm to where when I wake up in the morning, Brett, Stacking slabs is staring me in the face. So it means I'm clicking and enjoying your shit. And I am a lot. That is an honor and I will take it. Um, yes, we were chatting before, talked a lot, talked about our favorite players. I've been talking with Lefko about Kyler Murray and just his emergence. And maybe that's a good place to start. So we saw something special last night. I know you're a Kyler Murray card owner. You've got some Kyler Murray stuff. What do you think of his performance last night? And what do you think that'll do for uh, his cards in his market? So first, I'm now just realizing as I'm talking about it, that my first, after my initial wave of buying cards, and I took like a month or two off, the first card I bought next was a Kyler Murray PSA 10. And I think I got it in like May. And I remember I bought it for $351. And... The reason that that card means something is that was the first card that I posted on social media. 
that and I posted it to Twitter and Instagram. And what was crazy was I had so many people reach out to me that I didn't know were in cards, which is really interesting. I had coach, uh, quarterback coach Mike Kafka was like, oh, I see that you're in cards. And I was like, what? The head of NBA TV was like, that's a beautiful card. And then sent me and I was like, wait, what is going on? And I only say that because it's like, that's when the hobby kind of opens itself to you. And you realize that it's not just all these people that I don't know, it's people that I already know. And so that's why Kyler means something to me. Also, because I was like, this guy is fucking so good. Why is nobody like, everyone tells me that quarterbacks are big in the hobby. Like this guy's the next one. I think that he is in that cloth of the Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Baseball background, have an understanding already of what it takes to be a professional athlete, super poised. and most importantly, they don't get hit a lot. And to me, I want longevity in my athletes and they're very safe, but then he's also super special. What he did against Russell Wilson was really, really fun to watch. And now they have a buy. So I'm curious in the hobby, that means that storyline stays for two weeks. The lasting image is him being down double digits with less than three minutes left and somehow pulling it off. So. I'm curious. I know that you're like me watching the football market. It's just, I was really hoping it was going to reflect fantasy and that when guys popped off, it was going to go up. I I was hoping it could have been that kind of a market. Uh, It's a learning lesson for me that, you know, the week or two before the season is peak and we adjust and, and I have never experienced this before. So I'm curious if Kyler clinches a playoff spot, does that change anything? If, you know, if the path opens up, so it's a wait and see on that front, but man, do I love Kyler. He's yeah, cool. don't we all? He's the guy when he's playing on red zone, you're stopping everything and you're watching this kid play. And one of the things I've been doing just with these premier guys is looking at their MVP uh, Vegas odds. And Kyler, before this game, jumped Josh Allen, which I think obviously he should at this point. But that uh, that's something I'm looking at to see if there's any indi- indication on if their MVP odds mm. go up, do their card prices go up. I'm grasping at things because I think I went, I'm along your same lines of, hey, I think it's going to be like fantasy football and it's, and it's not. So that's just been something interesting. But for me, it's like, I'm going to just start paying more attention to Kyler, more focus instead of casting a wide net. So have you like, in terms of like, it's so overwhelming. There's so many guys to, that we like that we want to buy of cards of. What has your process been there in terms of like focusing? Um, I would sum it up in a DM that I got from, from our guy, Josh Carbor Chronicles, where he Shout said, out. Hey, he said, Hey, don't take this the wrong way, but I think you should start to, to focus. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, in a span of 24 hours, you sent me a LeBron Kaboom, a Naomi, Naomi Osaka rookie card, a Pikachu red cheeks, and a rock card. And I was like, and they're all legends. And he was like, yeah. And so I haven't figured it out yet. Like, I really haven't. I, for me, I get, I get caught up in things. And I just make sure that I think that they're great. And I think that my barometer of what I believe is great, and also if there's an audience attached to it, I think is doing pretty well. But I am preparing, and this is, I'm just going to, I think it's, well, the one thing I love about the hobby is everybody loves to be transparent. Yes. It's, it's like something that's woven in. And so I have to remind myself all the time of like, just share it, which is better. I have a lot of cards for basketball that I really, really like, but I think before next season, so if the season does start December 22nd, I think I'm going to sell almost all of them mm-hmm. and I'm going to liquidate everything that isn't serial numbered or like an RPA or something really big. And it's going to make me very, I would hope, um, liquid. And then I'm going to sit down and I, I want to really go, let's start now. And I know that prices will be up by then uh, and it's going to be tougher, but 
I feel like I'm going to know a lot more when I do that. So to plan out, like there's a few guys that I definitely have circled, but I want to start getting focused. So my answer to you is I don't have a... That's completely acceptable. But, and I think like, this is a trend in the hobby, the conversation around resetting, like just blowing up what you currently have, getting rid of it and going and buying the stuff you really want. And I think that was me a few months ago where it was like, I don't know why I have this Josh Allen PSA 10 prism card. Why do I have this? Because it was a good hypothesis in your brain. In your brain, you thought, you know who's underrated right now? Josh Allen. And he was. He absolutely was. The question, that the thing that I'm trying to get better at is when you know it's a short hypothesis, writing down when you want to sell it and holding yourself to it. If it is a short hypothesis. Unless you think that Josh Allen is a long-term hold, and then you probably should have gone bigger. How, how much does this play a role in your buying? Because I was trying to put myself in your shoes before we hopped on and thought about it. And I, like every athlete I had a relationship with or interacted with at some level, I'd want to go grab their cards and I'd want a piece of that momentum. momentum. And it, I just want, I want that because I know them or I've worked with them. How much does that play a role in the way you operate? The way that it works right now is if I'm getting, if I break a box by myself or if somebody sends me a bunch of cards, if it's someone that I've interacted and liked, I put that in a small box that I have. And it's my way of having their cards without spending. I'm just being honest. Like, so like when I, when I open up some packs and I'll give you a little sneak peek, it's not this week, but coming up, I do have a Fred Warner on underrated and like, I get a Fred Warner card. I'm like, okay, I'll put that. And it's like a random ass card. But I, I think, um, I think that's, what's been very freeing for me has been realizing it doesn't always have to be a slab. Sometimes just having cards like that elicits it for me as well. So I don't think it has to be a prominent part of my PC. The other thing I would say is that bias that comes. If we're going to talk about the other side, which is getting too hype on a player that you've met, or I'll never forget, I, I forget the name of the book. Uh, it was a Michael Lewis book. And he was talking about how the Houston Rockets stopped interviewing players, or actually what they do is they create a list of questions for everybody that are standardized because what they were realizing is the sob stories they were hearing from rookies about coming from nowhere and having to work really hard, it would impact them. And they go, this kid is so tough. And they realized that that was so subjective and was not related to how they were as a basketball player at all. And so I, I have to do that a lot where like I meet an athlete and I'm instantly their fan. And then I have to go, okay, but that can't impact my objective reasonings about their impact on this sport. And so I've had a lot of practice. So I think it's two ways mm-hmm. where unless it's that double, like I have got to know Mahomes pretty well. And I think he's the most talented quarterback that's <laughs> ever played. And the only I'm just kicking myself that I can't afford him right. Yes, we all would love that. PSA 10, Prism, Mahomes, but man, it's outrageous right now. But but rightfully so, right? Like yes. if you're looking at all of the cards of active players, that card probably should be the most expensive outside of a, you know, Tom Brady rookie card. Can I show cards really quick? Please show. That's why I have these two cards. Kaboom. You're a fan of that set, aren't you? you- it's a, I have a Mahomes and a LeBron Kaboom because where these guys are, are price points that I can't really reach. And this is their first appearance in Kaboom. They're the one cards that when my non-cards friends come over, they go, what are those? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, they're super cool to look at. And I also just kind of thought with that set, when you look at the set list, you're like, these are all legend. And, And they're all really, really cool. But that's the reason I went with those cards is like, I want access to these guys. I want their cards and I want a cool card. And then my other hypothesis, if I'm just going to share everything is like our, guy, like our guy, Jake at nineties B-ball cards, mm-hmm. the way he talks about nineties inserts is like pure joy. 
Like he's like, I'll never forget opening up this Excalibur pack. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't have those experiences. And when I watch breaking, because I will literally watch pull wax for like three hours because one, I'm learning about all of the cards. I see the way that they talk about mosaic versus optic versus select. I see which players they're like, oh, wow, this, this like I'm learning all the time. And when they hit that insert, that rare case hit, whether it's a stained glass or a colored blast or a kaboom, like I see how they react. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's part of it. But all of those things combined are why I like that set. Talk to me. So something I have yet to do because I'm I'm scared. But I saw you out of the gates do Very it honest. with with successes and that card you have. Talk about your crossover experience with Oof. the LeBron. I I think that my it just comes from being like not knowing a lot. Like because I didn't know a lot, I was like, oh well, if you have a lot of good subgrades, why would you not send that over? And Look, man, when I listen to people that have been in it and they talk about BGS versus PSA, I think that's such a huge thing holding people back is like, I understand why BGS is cool. Like having subgrades on a card is awesome. Like, especially when they're all nine, five plus, like when all of your subgrades are nine, five plus, it's great. When you have a nine, that's when you're like, I like PSA better, but uh, the gold is cool. You know what I mean? Like it's more, um, I was showing cards to a former athlete recently and I was like, I just want to know I appeal. What sticks out to you? And they kept pointing out the BGS cards. And I was Mm. like, I, I get it. At the same point, I look at the companies and I go, if grading is something that impacts pricing, which of these companies seems to be in a better footing to survive the amount of time that I want to be in the hobby, which is 10, 20, 30 years. And I'm looking at Collector's Universe stock, and then I'm hearing stories about BGS. And look, I'm not affiliated with anybody, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. But I'm going, this seems like a better investment. And also, the current state of the pricing, that's a huge jump. But uh, I told you before the show, I'm paying uh, a good amount to get these at good turnaround times because I'm afraid of like just sitting there without cards for so long. Um, but it is. That's such a good feeling. It's a uh, victory. It feels like your kid graduated. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I knew you could do it. I had a few that didn't. I had, um, uh, I had a few that were all nine fives. It's like, Oh, this is going in it. No. But so I, what I think I've learned is like, if you got all nine fives and at least one ten, I think if you want to, I would, I think you can. I love it. One thing, one thing I've noticed about you and what I think is super cool and you jumping into the hobby is jumping in and learning from others, connecting from, with others. And you, that is a strategy I've picked up on that has helped you excel and probably jump levels. And I was just, I was listening to your, um, interview with Chris action Jackson and just how that whole relationship was born off of a, eBay sale of a Kevin Durant card, which is incredible. And I like to talk a lot about is just like, be proactive. Like we have these communication tools, like reach out to people who have stuff that's cool that you want to learn more about or this and that. Like talk to me about just like your experience in connecting with others on your journey through the hobby. Um, everybody's been so welcoming. And I know that I've had friends from home tell me that of course, my experience is going to be different than their experience because whether it's like a check mark or something like that, like there's there's definitely an advantage of like people more willing to talk to you. But at the same point, my my friend, he's a sneaker designer and he and he really doesn't like people. Like it's very funny. Like we go out and like a waiter will come over and it's not that he's rude. He's just like, I my time is very precious. And I'm not like that. I will talk to a waiter for like an hour and a half and then I'll come back and be like that and like I completely leave the people at my table. But he said to me he goes the thing that I appreciate talking to you is that you're curious. And I feel like that's the mindset that you should have when talking to people. And the curiosity should not be is that for sale and what's the price. Mm-hmm. And so will conversations get to a point where like it's very blatantly information gathering? 
But like for me, if it's a conversation where you're genuinely interested, like I remember talking to like Chris, I really forget his last name. I just Miguel. Chris House of Jordans. I don't ever want to know that it's McGill. Like I know that it's <laughs> McGill, but I really just want to call him Chris Hoge. I think it's, <laughs> He's but I, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people know him as Chris Hoge, and I've started calling him Chris Hoge. I think it's so good. But I would just ask him about like Jordan cards. And it, it's tough because you need people to also want to take their time to answer. And look, we're, we're COVID and all that has really had a lot of us just in our homes. And that's how we've been communicating. Like I'm talking to some people in San Francisco and we like FaceTime all the time. And like, I've never met them before, but I'm like, this is one of my best friends right now. And it's, <laughs> right? so I think if everybody just goes in genuine and you try to learn, people are a lot more willing to talk to you. Anytime that you think you know something, you know nothing. And, and that's in a lot of things, but especially this. Every time where I've gotten cocky, those are the cards I've lost the most money on. Anytime where I've been like, I don't give a shit that I'm paying two, like 40% over last comps. This baby's rising. Like they are so down. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to get anywhere. I just, I've never been to conventions or anything like that. But I have to imagine the people that do the most business with people that talk to the most people. It's, it, w- it would be the same thing if this wasn't digital. Totally. I, uh, there's so much value in just DMing people who've been there and done that and learning. And I've, through my observations, it seems like you're all about that, which I love. And I think just something else I've picked up on is just the signs that people are passionate about a certain topic is when they start to have dual identities online and on Instagram specifically. And you, you've got those dual identities. You've got Adam Lefko with the blue check mark and you've got Lefko cards dedicated yeah. to the hobby. Talk to me about just... Well, yeah, people started getting annoyed with me and I stopped. It was... It was like, what it was? Yeah, this was not some form of plan. This was more of like, I felt like one of those new dog owners where someone's like, hey, all you're doing is posting your puppy. Like, maybe you should start a separate account. Like, that's really what it was. It was like a family friend coming up to me and being like, hey, seems like things are going well for you right now. We're a little bit worried about this card thing you keep posting about. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. So, and then also, every time I went onto my page, I had followed so many card accounts that I wasn't seeing news, family, friends. It was just constant raw cards and slabs. And so that's why I've kind of gone through it. I hope people aren't offended. I've unfollowed a lot of people. I am on the Lefko cards account more than I am on the Adam Lefko account. I know it's you just, are. It's just like every, all of my algorithms got messed up. Like all of them, like my discover page. Also, what is with Instagram giving card accounts? Like why is my discover naked women all the time? Is Dude. this like an algorithm thing or algorithm? Like I don't get it. But it's it's as if those two things are supposed to go together. I don't I don't understand it. I'm with- <laughs> it must be all the people that I'm following. Like all yeah, y'all, yeah. let's blame there. it on them. You guys are messing up my algorithm. Dude, I I can't go a day without opening up my IG and looking at the DMs, and I have some uh, lovely lady trying to get my attention, who obviously is some man bot. in yeah, yeah bot or man overseas um, somewhere. Man. How so? When did you get in? So I jumped back in during COVID, right at the mm. right at the jump. So had been in for a while and or had had been in the hobby, exited the hobby, and then I got caught up in wrestling cards and I got caught up in Zion and Jaw. And then I realized quickly this thing is completely different than I left it. So let me start the whole there's whole stone cold. The oh. nine, the cardinal, the ninety-seven cardinal stone cold. He's yeah, this, the first, this is the first one I bought. And I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't even realize it didn't have subgrades. I was just like, right. Like, somebody was like, man, that's a really cool card. I was like, you're right. Purchase for 50 bucks. But man, I love like wrestling cards are great. I have a few raw ones too of like Andre the Giant looking at Hulk Hogan from one of the WrestleManias. Yeah. Uh, and then I've told the Ric Flair story a bunch, but. 
Uh, wrestling cards have that thing where every time they pop up, when Taker's looking at me, I'm just like, you motherfucker. Dude, I'm saying like the whole narrative around in Pokemon Mania, Pokemon Explosion, I looked at that and I just am looking at people talk about Pokemon and I'm not a, like, I have no connection with Pokemon, but I love hearing people talk about it. But I'm like, this is wrestling to me. So like, I'm going to go like, do go ham on wrestling and talk about it because I, I care about it. So I don't think like wrestling cards, just the explosion probably isn't going to be the same as Pokemon, but I think like that card Listen, you have, you know, Ga- you know, Gary loves wrestling and he loves. just signed Charlotte. He just signed Charlotte flair to his yeah. crew. So I can see wrestling cards jumping up big time. But for me, I, I just love wrestling. So that's why I collect the cards, you know? That's to me what the initial fear when I first really started paying attention to social accounts in the hobby was the why is my hobby being priced? Why am I being priced out of my hobby? And what I, what I always wondered, and I said this to Chris one time or to, uh, to Josh on a podcast, I said, why aren't they just happy that the prices of all their homes have skyrocketed? And what I realized was it's gentrification. These are people that have money coming in and scooping up something that they previously did not care about and pricing you out of it because they see it as an investment. That's the issue. That's what I've realized is hitting people is the true hobbyists are feeling like they're being gentrified in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there's deeper meanings to that, and I do not want to compare what is happening to certain subsets of society to buying up baseball cards. However, I'm just trying to tap into the emotions and why they're feeling like that. And Pokemon is interesting. I see Lameem Jake joking about it all the time. I bought a, a, poke, a Pikachu Red Cheeks because that was the only guy that I liked, and I, I bought it from the super nice guy in the Netherlands who, like, told me that he never sells cards and he sent me like an eight minute packing video <laughs> to show me. And I was like, this is so nice. It's interesting the way people are talking about it. It scares me the way that people are talking about it. At the same time, it all makes sense. And so, but then again, these last three, four months, boy, we've had very repeatable whiplash. Yeah. That reminds me of this. Um, but we've also, in the other cases, have not had big stars like they're having in Pokemon. You know, like. Like Chris Pine wasn't holding up a Jerry West during the vintage stage. You know what I mean? Like if, and if people are going to say, but you put cards on NBA on TNT and I'm going to be like, I'm the guy, like I'm (laughs) the big guy. Like you're going to put me up there with logic and Logan Paul. Like that's, that's what I mean is that's the thing about Pokemon is when you hear Justin Bieber has a collection and then you go, see, those are people with insane influence. That's where I look at it and go, I wonder, because it, it's not sports cards and it is, it is very different. So I don't really want to rush to judgment or call for the death of, or like say that it's going to end because I think that there's things happening with it that are not happening in the others. And I may be mistaken if I forgot some stuff. Yeah. But like that topic of just like, so I like, I had no idea who Logan Paul was until the, the whole I don't know if it was like I'm too old or just I am ignorant, but like there was the Pokemon stuff and I watched his videos. And I was like, then did research. Okay, this is who this guy is. And I left watching his content. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. He's passionate about this. Um, I get why people are gravitating towards Pokemon cards who might just follow him. Where, where do you see? And then you see guys like Gary, you know, who are just super passionate about what what he likes and what he does showing off cards. Right people go flock to go buy it. And everyone wants to like blame these influencers, but it's like, honestly, it's, it's the people that are following them and making the decisions off of that, that are causing the prices to go up. So like, what is your take on just like these influencers who are passionate about these cards and our collectors and then the market going to chase what they're posting? Like, what are your, what is your thoughts on, on all this? Cause it's, to me, it's, it's, it's madness and craziness. And I just like kind of stay away and watch for the entertainment value. I think as long as the initial discussion is pure and not completely out for a money grab, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I can't listen to all of the content in the hobby where people tell people to get what they love and share it. And we talk about how addictive it is and then not expect 
these people to do the same thing. Now, I have gone back into the hobby scribes, and I've looked at the last two years, and there have been instances I saw where people were saying, this is a good buy. You can make a lot of money on this. And then it was tracked back to they were doing the selling. Mm. How can that? But to, to say that Logan Paul, this was like a ring to sell more Pokemon, or if we think Gary's out there and he's got like five Charizard first edition hollows and he's like, perfect, prices up to 300, <laughs> unload four of them. Like, as long as it's pure, I don't know what they're going to do because I feel as though I'm at that at a very lower level. I got very weirded out when the Deion Sanders cards went up in price mm. by 2X. Mm-hmm. Because, like I told you before, and I'm going to be transparent again. Like while I love that card, I was like, "These are so cheap," and I popped like I popped like 25 of them raw on eBay because I was like, "I was like, these are just sitting here for six dollars," and I sent a few into PSA. But it made me weird because I don't want people to think that I'm in the like making money business. Like the amount of time the hobby takes in somebody's life. Like compared to my actual jobs, like that would be ridiculous to do. Mm -hmm. But it really made me uneasy uh, because I'm in this because it's fun. I'm in this because it's the first audience I've had that argues with nuance. Mm -hmm. It's the first audience that when I put up, I think Kyler's amazing. They don't tell me I'm an idiot. They'll go. I'm a little bit worried about their offensive line, and now that they've lost Chandler Jones in the defense, I could see. It. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know what people are going to do as long as it's pure. I'm fine with. Is it? Is it that just because I certainly feel this way? Colt season ticket holder, card collector, love the Pacers. I love my teams. Follow it. Like when I have free time and I'm not watching wrestling or working, I'm like into the teams is it just that next level of passion from that people in the hobby have that not only they have that passion towards the sports but then they take it one step to actually make investments in purchasing cards so that as a as a whole they have just this level of intelligence that is probably a step or two above just the casual sports fan well i'm a psychopath and it definitely comes from my dad. My dad, when Eagles kickers would kick field goals, he used to put a blanket over his head. And that was like his superstitious ritual. Like when the Eagles beat the Bears on the double doink, I was in my basketball shorts hanging over the couch with one arm up, not because I fell, but because in the first quarter, they scored a touchdown as I was reaching for something. And I thought, I need to sit like this for the next four quarters. I am that guy. Now, I've already shown these cards off. I've shown this Kyler card off a million times, but on Sunday night when they were playing and I have my contenders, Russell Wilson, which was my first big purchase, and then Kyler RPA, which is my last big purchase. When Kyler had the ball, I was rubbing it. I was over here (laughs) talking to it. I was like, slide, 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 slide. (laughs) Then when Russell had the ball, I'm rubbing that. And then at one point I put them down. I was like, you guys have been great. Like, Everybody knows what it's like to have a guy on your fantasy team yeah. go off for 40 points. And you talk about, like, if you had Devontae Adams this week, oh, man, Devontae's my guy. He's amazing. All that stuff. At the same point, when it's your car, it, it's not excitement. It's not like, give me more. It's like, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> like, it re- like, you, like, there's like an appreciation. It's, it, it, they feel like you're your kin. Like, I don't know what I mean. It's dude, crazy. Dude, it's like... With fantasy, like you, you go and you spend your hundred dollars to buy into your league, and then you have that one night where hopefully get all the guys you want. But chances are your brother or your fraternity brother takes the guy you really want. With the cards, like these, these aren't cheap. Like we're spending hundreds of dollars, thousands in some cases. So there's a level of an attachment that we have to these players where when. The Washington football team, who I absolutely could not care a thing about, except for yesterday when Red Zone was on, I was like, kick it to the Washington game because I wanted to see my boy Terry McLaurin catch some passes. And that's what I think is amazing about this, this I thing. I love that it, crack dice, by the way. Dude, who doesn't love it? The, 
I think cracked ice is like the card in the hobby for the hobbyist right now. That's like the dopest card, I think. People, people love it. So I don't know why, and I don't know if you do either, like why they're out of 23. I always, because like the, the LeBron exquisite out of 23, I always thought that was because his number was 23. I'm just fascinated at what, what the reasoning is. I'm sure somebody knows. But cracked ice, they're amazing in hand. I pulled a Peyton Hillis cracked ice uh, out of a 2014 prism box recently. Madden uh, cover. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, I could, I was like, I could make it argument, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, cracked ices are sweet. So how many, how many big Terry cards do you have? I've got the, the cracked ice. I've got the, the red shimmer, which is out of 15 PSA 10. There's actually a gold vinyl PWCC on eBay right now out of five that I lost the first time by $80. So I'm like, I think it, the auction ends by the time this goes live. So I'm, I'm watching that. I'm watching. Oh my goodness. I'm watching that one. Do you have that thing too, where you don't buy something for a little bit and then you get yourself into an auction and you're like, I will kill you for this card. <laughs> like if I haven't been in an auction and I forget like how it kind of goes, like I'm over there with like two minutes left being like, I'm just going to send a warning shot. Pa-pah! Like, I, like it's war. And I know that people are like, save yourself the trouble, trouble, use one of those apps where you can bid. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, that last 40 seconds, that's a rush. And I, well, I, I want that energy. It's exhausting, but it's great. No, I'm, I'm with you. And it seems like, I think now is the time if you want to get in the weeds and buy some cards, now, football, that's a good time to go toe to toe on some auctions. Cause I think interest is weighing a little bit in a guy like Terry. I don't know how many other people are. I think basketball too. I think now's a great time to buy cards. Who on the basketball side going into this season is someone that you're, 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 you're sniffing around, you're, you're eyeing and you think this is a guy I kind of want to go all in on. Okay. Can I ask you a question before I answer that? Please. When you haven't been able to buy any of that person's cards and then someone has you on their podcast, does it feel weird that you're kind of like, let me buy some before I say anything. That's how I feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like, I'm going to answer your question, but like, are you ever afraid of talking about people that you like until you get cards in hand? Yes. That, that happens to me a lot. Yes. Devin Booker. There you go. Me, it's this thing. De- it's so De- obvious. It's so obvious. And it's like, is he not, <laughs> the chance of him not being in Phoenix forever and going and splashing right, threes? Fuck it. I'm going to cost myself. I, I'm also not going to say that I think I have the power to impact value because I don't, but I just don't like people know what I'm doing sometimes, yeah. but transparency is key. So I had an event last week where with this company, uh, it was with Verizon actually. And I was interviewing Deandre Ayton and Mikael or Michael Bridges. Mm-hmm. And one did not know that Deandre Ayton had that kind of a personality. If really? You want to invest in Deandre Ayton, super funny goofball, but like very intelligent. Anytime you're interviewing two people at the same time, one of them will be really good at being like, Hey, Michael, what do you think? And that was him. And his stories were really great. The way that they were talking about how excited the Suns are to play next season. To me, it's just like they went eight and oh, they're in love with their coach. He says that he's like all of their dads, but like, but like a cool dad. They think that they have an incredible thing around them. And the way that they both talked about Devin Booker, I was like, that man. they were just like, because I asked him, I was like, what was the night like when Devin hit the shot over the four Clippers? And because he was talking, Aiden was talking about how like all we had there was social media. And he's like, oh, you're seeing all the memes and all this stuff. And then Aiden goes, and I think that's when, when Booker kind of realized that like, it's okay to be legend status. And I was like, oh, really? And he was just talking about it, about how like Devin Booker's like, he's reached a new level now. Like, and they were saying things like, you could see it in his eyes. And I love anecdotal shit. Even like more than statistics and analytics, you give me a good anecdote. Ooh, that's enough for me. And the way they were talking about it. And then also like, we all look at Devin Booker. He's got a 70 point game. He can score. And if you're going to go, but what success has he had yet? Come on, guys. We're talking about the Suns. 
mean, they were drafting Josh Jackson and Tyler Eulis and all these guys, and they never turned into anything. And now you look at that roster with Bridges as a three and D and Aiton in the middle and Cam Johnson with potential. And they were talking about how Ricky Rubio and Booker have a mind meld and how they know what each needs to do. Are you buying a Devin Booker card right now? I heard a click. I'm not buying. I've been eyeing Devin. I was I was looking for this quote because it, it reminded okay, me that but I'm so hooked so now I'm like looking for and I got beat on an auction the other night uh the the uh the quote I was looking for it triggered the thought when you're talking about it and just evaluating guys you should buy is was the Ahmad Rashad quote when he says there's a time to play and there's a time to win. It's what do you do in winning time? And it's to me that quote resonates because it's like, I want to buy cards of guys that are that perform during winning time. And that to me is what I'm about because those players are players that like, it's not just maybe about the moment, but it's a, several moments strung together. And I think Devin Booker has a lot of those winning time moments. And I think, Going into next season, Suns are hot. Devin Booker is going to be hot. He's a he's I a know. good guy to look at. I just feel like every magazine and website's going to be like the team to watch this season. Like totally. they're going to be they're going to be the hot team. I think the fact that they're both in Arizona is funny. He just him and Kyler feel like they're both on that path in Arizona. Um, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think but, about that. Oh, what else was going to say about the winning time? If if that quote didn't matter then Chris Middleton cards would be worth a lot of money right now. There's a lot of guys. The reason why I don't see anybody showing off Kevin Love cards, no offense. Like, where's the moment? Mm-hmm. Like, like AD talked about it when he hit the shot in the playoffs. He was like, playoffs to where you make legacy. And so it's, do you have those moments? And that's why I see what Jamal Murray did. Uh, and I would, if that was a guy that I was picking, I would, I would understand that too. Or Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. But that's, that's also why I think people were starting to worry about their Giannis cards. Cause they're like, when do I get that moment? You know, I, I kept the, the, the comp for Giannis to me is Peyton because I saw it. Same thing Mm -hmm. with Peyton. He's the best player in the league. Kept getting bounced, kept getting bounced. I think you got Giannis cards to anyone, just be patient. He'll eventually get his. Oh, He's that good. That's a great buy rate. Just Gian- <laughs> because, because the thing is, is um, the work ethic and the humility is already there. Like we already know what he's going to be like. And we've seen other guys develop a stable enough three-point shot. And Giannis has enough stroke. It's unfortunately, I feel like there needs to be a change of scenery. Um, but no, that kid is special. I would, I would be, I have a bunch. I'm not getting it. There you go. Maybe we can close out with this. Um, this has been a wild year in sports, a wild year in the hobby you've entered. What is one thing that your, your greatest learning that you, you will take from this year that if you were starting back and entering again, is that one insight you wish you had that you have now? Mm. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, uh, to have that focus and to have a plan, uh, because I think that would you rather bet on every game in the NFL slate or would you rather bet on the one that you really like? And I think in the end you end up going seven and nine and you're like, wow, but you know what? I kind of knew that the Steelers were going to cover and I should have gone with that. So that's one. The other one, let me get, we'll get this card and I'll tell you the reason. Hold on. Gra- 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 classic Lefko fashion going and picking a card up right now. So we're trying to fill some dead air. I'm sure this is going to be good. Um, You're doing great. Yeah. yeah I, I can uh, start telling some jokes here. Or we can talk about my love for Terry McLaurin. All right. I don't know where it is because I've hit it apparently now. <laughs> Under your it, mattress. It was uh, the other less I would say is to do your research and to really know. Because uh, I popped an 86 Fleer Moses Malone uh, thinking that I was getting a steal, even though his uh, rookie year was 78. Uh, and I didn't look at that at all. And it was actually the year he got traded from my beloved Sixers, and he looks awful. And so <laughs> I have i don't know what to do with it. Uh, it is uh, the scarlet letter of all of my purchases. 
And so I would say it's like having a focus and having a plan. I would say it's doing the research before you make that purchase. And then the third thing that I would say is practice selling. And it does not need to be big slabs. It can be raw lots and you can go, but I'm selling this for 20 and the amount of time that I'm doing and the postage doesn't really make it worth it. You talked earlier about creating those connections. And I think it's also doing the practice of knowing what it's like, because this isn't just an investor mindset, because I'm, I'm really straddling that line more and more into every day and more going yeah. to the collector's mindset. But all I ever see is people consolidating to getting the stuff that they want. And much like a fantasy football trade, it sounds a lot easier than it actually is because there's somebody on the other side that thinks that you're trying to screw them or mm -hmm. thinks that you're asking for too much or they're trying to get a deal. And until you learn who you can trade with or who you can deal to and, and oh, wait a second, here I was thinking I just throw stuff up on my slabs. I didn't realize that I have to be approved to be on my slabs. Or you go on eBay and you're like, wait, what are the fees to do this on eBay? And wait, like, well, what happens if I'm too nervous to do an auction? If you don't do, oh, wait, wait, wait. So I just mail it to Probstein? Like, until you do it, you won't know what to do. And eventually one day you're going to be sitting there and it might not be that you, you might be in hard times. Like I, I, I said that to Josh, I said, I, the reason I'm in cards is I think it's a fun way to do something that I love. And when I need to make a big purchase in my life, I think that these are also strong alternative assets that can help me achieve that. But if I don't sell any cards and then it's like, Mr. Lefko, you're about, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars short of this down payment on this house. And then I go on Instagram and I'm like, who wants to buy the entire PC? It's not going to work. So um, focus, like really study and learn and then practice selling would be my three. All themes I love to talk about. Um, yeah. So before you get out here, I will say just I've been a fan of Get my degenerate hat out a little bit and jumping on and listening to your uh, betting podcast. I love listening to Crack. Uh, Kelly in Vegas, she's a killer. I love that yeah, interview. Um, I love her content. And then on the, the Madden and the stuff. The GOAT's coming it. back this week. War, Warren Sharp's going to make his oh. turn this week. We literally were talking on Sunday and he was like, because he's very analytical. And he was just like, I miss you. And I was like, oh my God, Warren, that was so uh -huh. nice. And he was like, he was like, we're going to have fun. Okay, talk to you later. And I was like, wow, let's do it. So no, but I appreciate that. And then Westbrook's awesome on Mondays. I appreciate yes. that too. Yeah, no, it's it's all really good stuff. So definitely recommend anyone who's not already go check his stuff out. And then Madden underrated. I just want to hear a little bit about that because to me, this concept, you always every year you see players complain about their Madden scores and then there's a bunch of complaining happening and then you never hear anything, but you have brought that to life and given them the opportunity to improve their scores by bringing parties together. The Marcus Peter Peters episode is my favorite because come on, who doesn't like Marcus Peters? Um, talk, talk to me real quick about just how that show has gone for you and just the origin story. The idea came up because last year I did a show called Ditch the Playbook, which is really just like Adam in a room with like a writer's room coming up with random things to do with people. And so what we did last year was Muhammad Sanu came on and a video had come out in the off season of him throwing a ball really far. And so we brought him out to a field and he ended up throwing it like 71 and a half yards and Madden improved his throw power rating. And the production company that I'm working with now actually did the last dance, uh, Mandalay Media. And their idea originally was to do this for all of the sports. So I was going to do this for two people in FIFA, two people in 2K, and, and I like three in Madden and all that stuff. And Corona hit, and we've had to do this all from remote. And so... Doing a show where I'm literally looking at Marcus Peters and being like, like, hey man, like in my living room in box in like in like shorts, being like, man, you gotta run again, one, you gotta go full speed. And him like being the camera, being like, yo, shut the fuck up. You're not even here right now. And I'm like, try harder. And like, meanwhile, I'm like drinking tea. Um, 
the le- we did we did get to shoot one episode in person. That'll be the end. But I I I appreciate you saying that, and I would love for this to be an all sports thing because I saw the two K ratings came out recently, and Trey Young was like really upset. And I think that the games understand how serious that people take it. But for me, I knew how good an NFL player was because of their rating on Madden. That when I was growing up, did I know that defensive end Trevor Price of the Denver Broncos was really good? No, because I didn't know what to look for. But I knew he was a 93 overall. And I knew Champ Bailey was a 99. And I knew Trunk Candidate was really fast because he was a 97 speed. You know what I mean? So. Those games have such an impact on sports fans and what they think because I would do franchise drafts and then the the names would pop up. And if Odell is five points higher than Terry McLaurin, that impacts the way that I see them. So I would love to do it for all the sports, but it's it's been a lot of fun, man. And and the the more players that I get to talk to about this, I like being the plug for something. So if I can, like, I'm getting hit up by NFL players right now being like, yo, they got me fucked up. What can you do? And I'm like, well, we've already wrapped season one. They're like, no, you need to shoot another episode. And I was like, okay. I'd, I'd love to know if the, bass, if the 2K gets involved, your take on who wants their scores higher, NBA players or NFL players. I'd love to hear the narrative about that. Yeah, you could write a book. It. You could write a book on that. No doubt, no doubt. Adam Lefko, thank you so much for uh, being on Stacking Slabs. Everyone go follow him at Lefko Cards. Hey, talk- Brett, I appreciate talk- you, man. Talk to you soon, buddy. See you, bud. Ton of fun. What a dude. Lefko, thank you so much. Definitely go check out his stuff. Hit that subscribe button on the Lefko Show. Stop everything you're doing. Go hit that search bar, Lefko Show. Subscribe. So much insight from a gambling perspective, fantasy sports, football, you name it. Just awesome freaking content and underrated. Make sure you're checking out that. I love that uh, channel. It is such a great uh, way to learn more about players, right? Players with their helmets off, talking about uh, who they are, what they do, and getting a little personality. Then you might like them enough where you go make some purchases on sports cards. I don't know. I'm just saying. If you like what you heard on Stacking Slabs, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, follow me across social channels, and you know what? Have a great damn weekend, everyone. You earn this one. Take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and we will talk again real soon. Believe that. 